Hello, Kara. Hello, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Witch's Magic. What is it? Witch? Go out. It's been a long time since we've had that issue. This is, the, this is the Witch's. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Witch's Magic Murder Mystery Podcast. I'm Kara. And I'm Megan. Hey, <laughs> Words are hard today. We've just been playing with Olive for like half an hour. <laughs> I just love her so much. She's perfect. She really is. She's so happy. She's the funniest baby. Okay, I have an episode today, and I still, in my brain, am questioning whether or not we've done this, but it's not listed on any of our papers. So So if I have, pretend I did it. (laughs) She mentioned it to me, and I think the names are familiar because I think we have, I feel like when I did the Project Uh Book episode, I think I might have briefly mentioned them. Okay. But I didn't do, like, their Their story. story. Right. Okay. It's in the early 1960s. Betty's working as a social worker. Barney is working at the post office. US Betty post and office. Barney. Betty and Barney Hill. Mm-hmm. Everyone seems to know them. They're both members of the NAACP, which is the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. And they were huge parts of their community's United States Commission on Civil Rights. Board. I was just looking them up. They're an interracial couple. Yes, which the was 60s. a big no-no in the 60s. And this picture of them, they have their dog, and it's the cutest. Oh, they love their dog. So September 19th, 1961. <gasps> September 19th is my mom's birthday. She probably was celebrating. Yeah, I mean, she was alive. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy birthday to your mom. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Aliens, mom. Do you remember? Okay, it's around 1030. They're uh, driving or in the evening. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they had gone on a little adventure to Niagara Falls. And Betty was like, huh, that's weird. There's something up in the sky. Barney, there's something up there. And he's like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, sweet little Betty. Your little woman His brain. His brother just some shooting stars or something. And he's like, maybe it's Jupiter. I don't know. <laughs> but let's pull over. You want to take a little gander? You want to take a little whoopsies? Little <laughs> She's like, gander. Let's do it. Let's do it. As the kids would say, bet. <laughs> so I tried Don't to- ever say that again. I know. Sophie's always like, stop it. Stop. <laughs> okay. Barney did not say that to her. Um, but they did pull over to get a better look at it. They stop at this picnic area just south of Twin Mountain. And they're in the New Hampshire area. So they get out their binoculars. And they're like, this, it's an odd-shaped thing. It looks like a vehicle with flashing colored lights on it. It's still up in the sky? Uh-huh. And it's moving across the face of the moon. Oh. And Betty's like, hey, Barney, babe, it's not Jupiter. <laughs> it's a UFO. <laughs> he was just like, okay, <laughs> you're losing your mind. Well, this was whatever, been, babe. This was right at the height of, like, stuff mm-hmm. was going on with the Soviet Union, and that's kind of what they did. Yes. What Project Blue Book yeah. was. Depending on what your feelings are, Project Mm -hmm. Blue Book was either to keep an eye on UFOs because they thought it was the Soviet Union and and spying on us, Uh or totally alien-based. Yeah, right, right. We obviously believe aliens. For sure. So Barney's like, babe, it's probably just an airline going to Montreal, but we'll keep looking at it through our binoculars. He decides that it is a UFO because it's... The way it's like constantly moving back and forth, like the movements it makes, the little the lights on it and stuff. He's like, oh, okay, well, honey, it's time to go home. Get in the car. <laughs> it's time to go. Let's I'm mean, sure it's Let's easy go. to tell by the way it moves and the lights. Like Jupiter doesn't have headlights. Yes, exactly. So they're like, okay, let's just pack it up. 
Let's get in the car and go. So they start driving and they're on these windy roads. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, this is funny. This craft is taking the same path we are. Uh oh. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And they said that it was just like silently rotating around the sky, but in the same direction. They were like, we can't, we can't do this. So we're just going to go home. So they try to go home. But then you're leading it to your house. Exactly. They said it hovered about 100 feet above their car. And he was just like, fine. It's too close for comfort. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my gun and I'm getting out of the car. I was just thinking that 100 feet above you doesn't seem like far enough. No. He gets out of his car. And he's holding his gun, and he says that there are 8 to 11 humanoids staring at him from the windows of this UFO. What? Mm -hmm. Wait. How could he see? He's old. He's old? He saw him. Oh, (laughs) you said, he's old. You know how old people see things real well. (laughs) Or see things that aren't there. I mean, it's dark. And if they have lights, it seems like the lights would make it harder for him to see what's inside. Unless it was just like a real bright light inside of there, too. Oh. Because, you know, it's lit up inside. It's like a medical facility in there, probably. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was like at the time that I was saying that. Yeah. 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 Okay. He said that they were all staring at him. And one of the humanoids, I keep calling them humanoids, psychically communicated and said, stay where you are. And keep looking. <laughs> no, thank you. I always wonder when people say they psychically communicated. I'm like, how do you know that's not just yourself talking to you? Exactly. How do you know your self-conscious wasn't like, hey, Megan, stay where you are. But keep looking. Don't move. So it told him to stay where he was, but to keep looking at it. He said there were still the blinking lights. He said it had bat wing fins on the UFO. He claims... That they were wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. What if it was like the rubbery, not leather? (laughs) What if it was like the rubbery uniforms? They are dominatrix aliens. Amazing. Yeah. They are wanting you to join their club. So he was like, you know, we were told to stay put, but I'm going to get up up and out of here. So he tries to run back to the car. He said, they're going to capture us. He jumps back in the car, tries to escape, and the ship takes over the vehicle. Oh, no. So they got all these like warm, tingly feelings within their bodies and got this like uh, white noise in their brains. Okay. Like fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a fuzzy noise in their brains. (laughs) They said that they heard some beeping sounds and then they are back in the car and they're 35 miles past where they had been. So this is like the ladies who got the Stanford alien section. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that also in the 60s? Yeah, I think so. So they got home before the sun rose, and they weren't really sure what had happened to them. Betty did want her luggage to stay by the back door, and poor little Barney kept checking his private areas. Oh, no. He couldn't remember why, but he just felt the urge that he needed to make sure that he everything's still there or okay. Or That feels very traumatic to me. Yeah. Like, he knew he'd been Something violated, but he didn't know how. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. And it, the, the Stanford alien abduction was, I think, in the 70s, actually. Oh, okay. But still. Still, yeah. So they both said that they took really, really, really long showers. Yeah. Before, like, sitting down to talk about what happened. Oh. So then they also slept a little bit. And 
Betty was like, okay, well, I'm just going to like put my clothes away. I'm just going to try to like do normal things. And as she's putting these clothes away, it's the ones that she had been wearing. And she notices that there's tears Mm. in the dress. The zipper had been ripped. And she was like, I'm tossing this. This is weird. And then she dug it out of the trash. She was like, no, 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 no. They need to look into this. So they they remember there's evidence on it. They remember what had happened before they were like the yeah. car was taken, right? So they remember that something yeah. happened right there, but they don't remember what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the time period they were gone. Yeah. And it just felt like kind of a blink of an eye. Right. Okay. Then they were like, okay, well, let's go over the car, see if there's any damage to the car. There are shiny circles in the trunk of the car. Hmm. And they're like, what the heck? Like, what is this from? Betty calls the Peace Air Force Base to talk about what had happened. She's like, I need to report this. You all may want to know about it. Mm -hmm. Major Paul Henderson, in his report, noted that the couple probably just saw Jupiter, (sighs) although he changed it to an optical condition and then changed it to insufficient data. (laughs) An optical condition. Yeah. So they're both having some optical issues. like At the same time? They had like a joint hallucination. Come on. That causes brain fuzz? You know, there was... That's my new term. The one, it was like 1966 in Ohio. I think you did one and I did one. Mm -hmm. And both times they were like, it's the Saturn. It's the planets. And it's like, come on now. Planets don't move like that. And they don't have rubber clothes. Exactly. Or maybe they do, but we can't see them through their windows. We don't know about them. They said it was like 100 feet above their car. That's not a planet. They could see it well enough to tell it wasn't that. Now, it may be that it was some sort of spycraft right sure but like don't insult their intelligence or gaslight them by saying that but also if it was a spycraft and you're doing experiments on people would you tell us that too no no that's true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's a little over a week betty starts having these crazy dreams five nights in a row she decides to tell barney about these dreams they were just like Let's keep this to ourselves, kind of. Like, let's not tell our friends and family what's going on with us. So Betty decides in November that she's going to write down the details of these dreams. Mm. Um, In one of the dreams, the car is surrounded by men, and she passes out, and Barney is fighting to get control of their vehicle, which sounds like what happened Mm -hmm. originally in the beginning of it. In another dream, there are men circled around Barney and Betty. They're about five feet, four inches tall and had on blue uniforms and hats Hmm. that made them look like they were military. So Barney saw black, rubbery-looking uniforms, and she just sees, like, plain. So who knows? But it could just be, like, the way she's remembering things or whatever. She said they did have black hair, dark eyes, blue lips, and protruding noses. And our other encounters, they don't have noses. That's true. Or Or mouths. Yeah. They said that they're kind of like grayish in color, too, and they made them sleepwalk to the UFO. She said she specifically remembers sleepwalking up a ramp into this, and they, she said that they were separated once they got in there and they were examined. She refers to one of the humanoids as the examiner. She said that they were very nice They were calm when they talked to her. He said that he was just trying to determine differences between her and his crew members. Oh, so just like how our different, Uh how our humans are different from us? Yeah. So he 
just like examines her arms and is just like looking at her elbow and he's like, oh, a weenus. Because your elbow, that's called a weenus. The examiner said that? No, I'm just saying. Oh. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. Oh, you got a weenus. I was like, he's speaking English? What's happening? Okay. Okay, so then he was like, he cut off a piece of her hair, trimmed her fingernails, and then shoved a needle into her belly button. I'm still just giggling that you thought he said a weenus. I'm also giggling that you just are like, look at this thing that I know. That one's called a weenus. Here's my opportunity to tell the world. Look at this weenus. Isn't it neat? Wouldn't you think my human collection's complete? <laughs> Looking uh, around, here you think. Sure. We've got she everything. Knows everything. Okay. We've got blinking lights and humanoids. <laughs> it needs a little work, but I feel yeah. like we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere. Mm-hmm. 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 The little alien. <laughs> okay. Anyways, but she said she like was really upset and it was kind of painful and he waved yeah, his and hand her over her face and her pain went away. Oh. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we got gosh. a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge NCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one nice and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to tymobeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market. 
created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. The examiner, as she called him, let her talk to the leader. And then she's there chatting it up with the leader. And she's like, what's his book about? And it had like strange symbols. And the leader's like, well, you can take that home with you if you want to. And she's like, thanks, bet. (laughs) (laughs) But then she's like, well, where did you come from? And he's like, oh, let me show you. Pulls down a map. Like, you all can't see me, sorry. It's like, you know those little things that you, like, pull down the string and it, like, unravels the paper? That's, like, in my brain what he's doing. Pulls it down and is, like, pointing at these stars and, like, showing her. Where they're from? Well, this is where I'm from. Wow. Let me just show you my hometown. Then they're all done with Betty and Barney, and they're about to send them back to their car, and they get annoyed with each other because they're like, later, why are you sending our book with her? Could you not send her with a better parting gift? Like, that's ours. What um, are you doing? Like They're having, like, a mutiny yeah, right here. Yeah, they're okay. annoyed with each other, like, arguing amongst themselves over this book that Betty's got. So did he take the book back? Yeah. Um, Dang. Yeah. She had to give it back, and she's like, well, I'm going to remember what happened. I'm remembering all of these things, all of the steps. I'm going to remember what's in the book. I'm going to remember what's on the map because they're not letting me take it. Fine. Photographic memory. Picture in my brain. They watched them leave, and they went home. And they were just like, well, our little compass is messed up. The needle's constantly changing and doing things. And when they put it near the little shiny circles in their trunk, it would get all weird. So Betty's like, you know what? I'm going to go to the library, and I'm just going to look up UFOs. Because what else am I going to do at this point? This military man doesn't believe me at this Air Force base. What else do we do? She finds information from the library and writes to retired Marine Corps Major Donald E. Kehoe. He was the head of Civilian UFO Research Group, NICAP, the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. NICAP. I'm, I'm a part of that Me as too. well. Same. You made that same <laughs> joke on the Stanford <laughs> <Yeah>. Alien. <laughs> I'm a Me. part of that as well. <laughs> I will attend every meeting. I'm in that, and I'm also in that. <laughs> I'll do that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she writes to him, writes this huge, long story about what happens. And at the end of it, she's like, awesome, P.S., thinking about some hypnosis. Mm. But let us know what you think. Thank you. Thinking about doing hypnosis to figure it out? Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) Kehoe gives it to... This is above my pay grade. Yeah. Investigator Walter Webb. And he goes and interviews Betty and Barney for six hours, Mm. October 21st, 1961. And in the interview, Barney's like, you know, I kind of have like a mental block, you know, like trauma response. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. It's just not there. But he was like, I know something's happened to us, Mm -hmm. but I just don't remember the exact details. So he says, my wife and I were driving along Route 3 when we saw what looked like a bright star in the heavens. And surprisingly, it began coming in my direction. I could see what I thought was approximately 9 to 11 men looking down through the series of windows. Well, this was too much for me, and I made a hasty retreat to the car, screaming to my wife that they had seen me, that they'd seen us. My God, they're going to capture us. 
they tell the story over again, like I told you all, pretty much the same thing, like word for word. Their mm-hmm. stories. And this somewhat, is only like a month after the yeah. or abduction or whatever right. incident. Right. incident. Yeah. They're telling them their stories for six long hours. And Betty has said, too, the real abductions are totally different from what you see on the TV. The UFO people now, I don't say aliens or people, but they're different from us. There's certain fundamental physical characteristics which are different. And if a person has really seen one, they know it. And the real abductees have never had any need for therapy. And not only that, but every one of them has had changes in their lives of benefit to them. It's been a very positive experience. How does she know all this? Right. Maybe just after she had interacted with people. Yeah. I imagine you become part of this club. So oh, she I guess does. they all yeah. talked and yeah. it's like. For the rest of her life, basic. she does. So she met other people who had been the same experience and they've all had positive. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I mean, I don't know that, of course, this is before the ladies in Stanford, but I don't know if I would say their lives were all positively impacted by it. Yeah. But that yeah, was they were 15 trauma. years later. Yeah. So the investigator was like, I think they're telling the truth. It probably did happen as they're saying it did. There are some uncertainties, some technicalities that may be a little different just because, you know, human judgment's involved. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you know, we don't really know the exact height of the humanoids or we don't know for how long they were gone or like, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things. They tried to work on how long they were on the ufo like all of this stuff and they just kind of struggled but they know that it took them several hours to get home so they were like well we have all this time that's unaccounted for Mm -hmm. so it could just be time going back and forth with the humanoids or it could be time that we were on the spaceship we don't know Mm -hmm. they struggled to figure that out and some people tried to like debunk that as like oh they weren't really on it they couldn't come up with that part of their story well yeah, but they can't remember. Yeah, Clearly, they, they can't remember everything. Yeah. They go to this meeting at their church where a Captain Ben Sweat of the United States Air Force was a guest speaker. And he was a little interested in hypnosis. And he was just like, yeah, I think your all story is great. I think hypnosis would kind of help you with your missing time frame. I'm an amateur hypnotist, but... I've got somebody for you. So there's Simon. December 14th, 1963. The Hills go to their first meeting and talk about being hypnotized. The person performing this, Simon, didn't really believe them. They go through this on January 4th, and their session lasted until about January 6th of that year. So Barney's session, he said he witnessed Humanoid figures. He remembers that he was terrified of what they were going to do. He said that he kept his eyes closed for the whole time. Mm. So he doesn't remember what they physically looked like. That's why Betty was like, oh, they were this. They did this. Because Betty probably was like, so many questions. Yeah. Can I get their DNA under my fingernails? (laughs) Barney said that his binocular strap broke when he ran from the UFO back to the car. He said he remembers driving the car away from the UFO, but felt compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. Mm. There he saw six men standing in the dirt road. Car stalled. Three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to be afraid of them. He said he was. The leader told Barney to close his eyes. And he said he felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Mm. 
No. No, no, no. He said very similar descriptions to Betty's situation when she's hypnotized. They stared into their eyes. They had this like mesmerizing effect. He said things like, oh, those eyes, they're in my brain, like during this session. He said, I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Mm. All I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing oh. against my eyes. So he's so scared because yeah. he's, like, reliving it right yeah. now. Yeah. Oh. He just, like, keeps going on about, like, all of these things and talking about Betty's dreams and stuff. And they are like, okay, Betty, let's have you sketch that map. Because Simon's like, We'll see if it's real. Yeah, we'll see if it's real. She described a 3D projection, and she drew the stars that were, like, jumping, like, in her brain. She remembered immediately. It was 12 major stars connected by three lines, three smaller stars, that all formed a triangle. She said that they were a series of trade routes. So she was just like, this is where they travel. This is where they're from. Like, why don't y'all believe me? And Simon's like, y'all are crazy. Yeah, but he knows they're under hypnosis. Yeah, but he never, like, really believed them. He said that Barney's probably saying these things because Betty has told him a million times about her dreams. Barney's like, no, that's not it at all. Like, we both genuinely, like, experience the same situation. That's why I'm I'm telling you all of this under hypnosis. Like, when I'm not... That's the whole thing. So... That, okay, if even if that explains Barney, what about Betty? Right, exactly. And you're the one who's the hypno- hypnotist, mm-hmm. so yeah. you have to know that what she's saying is real. Right. So Simon was just like, you know what? I think they're just stressed. Like, our times that we're in, they're a mixed couple. Like, they just have a lot going on in their lives, so we're going to blame it on that. Okay. Betty and Barney are like, nope, that's not it. We It's both just so dismissive. Have had. Yeah. yeah. And they were both were like, we have a good life. Our families love that we're together. Our friends love that we're together. Our church is fine with it. So yeah, you shut so your that's mouth. Not, that's not yeah. the problem. Also to note, like, they never wanted money from all of this. You know how, like, a lot of people mm-hmm. would be, like, cashing in on that and yeah. making t-shirts and stuff no they didn't care if they just wanted to go about living their normal everyday lives like yeah. they could have cared less that about. always makes it more believable yeah. there's books that are written about them there's shows barney passed away in 1969 not long after their abduction wow um from a cerebral hemorrhage and then Betty never remarried. She continued to do all of these UFO meetings and tell their stories until October 17th, 2004, when she was 85 years old, she passed away. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. They officially recognize this situation in New Hampshire with a state marker outside of the Indian Head Resort in Lincoln near the couple's little route that mm-hmm. they took. Also, there was a bathroom. There was. Mm-hmm. Do not go there thinking it's still there. Okay. They renovated it, and now it has nasty tan walls and mm. probably graffiti all over it. Mm-hmm. But they took, like, news articles and drawings and photographs and spreadsheets about alien encounters and all these images and put them all over the bathroom wall. Oh, cool. To remember them. But now it's not there yeah. anymore. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. why wouldn't you make, like, a little shadow box or something That's neat. out of that stuff? Yeah. yeah. So, the thing is, and we've talked about this before, I think, on the Stanford episode. What would be your motivation for making this up? 
Right. You're not going to make money off of it. And if anything, it makes you seem a little crazy. Right. Exactly. Although and she lived her life telling this story. Never at that changed time either. in the 60s, seeing a UFO was much more mm-hmm. part of like right. the what was going on in the world. Right. That's why they did Project Blue Book. Yeah. So it's kind of like maybe it didn't make them seem as crazy as it would today. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you just want the reputation of the people who were abducted and probed mm-hmm. and all that by aliens? Yeah. I don't know. Is it just for attention? Yeah, but then she was, they were like, we didn't really, and even other people were like, they didn't do it for the money. I'm more inclined to believe that something happened to them than to believe they made it up. Yeah. And that's how I feel about most of the alien stories Mm -hmm. we've ever covered. It's always just like, what would be the point? Right. Why would you make it up? Was it the Zimbabwe aliens, like the school that Yes, that one is like, that one had so many witnesses. The Zimbabwe incident is like, come on. And innocent kids that are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, guys. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done the full story. So I think you're fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you all so much for listening. Yeah. And we love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.